a lot of people say, you know, they, they sacrifice, they sure. sacrifice, you know, um, I didn't go to prom and I didn't sacrifice Rodeon for not going to prom. I traded going to the rodeo for not going to prom. Welcome to the Never Stop Getting Better podcast powered by Guardian Caps. Guardian Caps are a one-size-fits-all helmet cover that help reduce impact for your players during practice. Coach Perry is a huge proponent of Guardian Caps after using them at Pearl High School, and it was one of the first football items he purchased when taking the job at Nick. Caps are mandated by the NFL for O-line, D-line, linebackers, tight ends, and running backs, and utilized by over 270 colleges, over 3,000 high schools, and over 600 youth programs across the country. As helmets become more and more expensive, the Guardian Caps also do a great job of protecting your helmet investment. See the link in our show notes for more information on Guardian Caps. In each episode, John takes you on a journey of growth, learning, and endless improvement. Whether you're an athlete, coach, or someone simply just striving to get better, this podcast is for you. Now, here's your host, John Perry. All right, welcome to the show. I have a very special guest for you today, someone that I think you're going to absolutely fall in love with, as I have when um, I was first introduced to her, um, probably sitting in Dr. Gilbert's class, but then in a mastermind group that I'm in, she did a talk and then through reading her book, but her name is Miss Doneen Taylor. She is the 2016 world champion tie down calf roper. Now, I know that makes you feel super proud having, you know, known your story, having, um, you know, followed you. I know that just hearing that, and I can see it on your face, it brings a huge smile. She also has written a book that um, I, I want you to buy because I think when I picked it up, I couldn't put it down. You know, it took me a little while to pick it up because I ordered it back during the mastermind. Um, but when I picked it up, I read that book in four days. Heart of a Champion is the name of the book. And then she's also got what I would call a workbook, but it's Master the Art of Coaching, a championship playbook to optimize your performance, which is fantastic as well. But I absolutely fell in love with the book. I fell in love with your life story, you know, reading the book. So um, welcome to the show. And I, man, I'm so appreciative that you agreed to do this. Let me start by saying, if my my first story, and I've got it written down on some cards, I want you to start with, because you're a person that, you know, at 14 years old, you wrote down five bold goals. And then you went to chasing those goals, one of which was to be a world champion, tie down, calf, roper. And you actually chased that goal down at 52. Right? Was it fifty-two? Yep. Yeah. I I I attained. And and coach, I wanna I wanna thank you. I mean, I appreciate the opportunity um, to get to be on your podcast. And and I mean, it's always puts a smile on my face to see you on in in Dr. Gilbert's class and and, and Randy's um, mastermind. So so thank you. And and yeah, I I attained I attained it at fifty-two. And, and it was very fulfilling. I mean, if I was to attach a word to it, it was very fulfilling. To, For to sure. And I think when we get through today, I think they're going to understand that. This is the first thing I want you to talk about, because okay. you're a person that throughout your life 
hired a ton of coaches. You hired a lot of people to help you get to where you got throughout your life. And I want you to talk about trading marbles. You're, you're, when you were young, you traded marbles and how that relates to um, life and hiring coaches. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Elementary school. And uh, I'm, I'm tomboy and still am. And uh, you know, I, I loved hanging out with the boys and in to hang out with the boys, you had to play marbles and the boys, they liked, they liked to trade marbles. And I know when I would get like a steely, I don't know if this will all make sense to your, to your crew there, but you know, still steelies, those didn't have much value for me. I liked, I liked the cat eyes. I liked the pearlies. I liked the pretty ones. And so I would trade the steelies for, for the marbles that, that meant something to me. As I started, you know, to, to run down this goal, um, there was a lot of things that uh, that that really didn't mean much to me. And uh, a lot of people say, you know, they they sacrifice. They sure. sacrifice. You know, um, I didn't go to prom and I didn't sacrifice Rodeon for not going to prom. I traded going to the rodeo for not going to prom. Um, my husband, you know, he he loves. He, he's been to Africa about nine times and I've never went to Africa and I never sacrificed. I never thought of it as sure. a sacrifice, not going to Africa. It was a trade. It was a conscious decision, a choice that I made to prioritize what was important to me. And I cheered him on to go, but it wasn't for me. And it was never a sacrifice. It was a trade. And, and that's how I look at it. I, I really don't think of, you know, not doing things as a sacrifice. It is, it is a purely a conscious decision, a trade. Did, is that make sense for you, coach? Yes. And what, you know, what I, I've run across a lot is people sometimes say they don't, they can't afford to hire a coach, you know, and you're a person that hired a ton of them. So, you know, the point was, you know, that same person may be somebody that goes to Starbucks and spends six dollars or eats out three or four times a week. But you saw that as a trade down, not a trade up. You know what I'm saying? Like you and, and I don't want to say sacrifice. Right. You didn't sacrifice. You no. traded up by being able to go hire coaches. So your level of importance was swayed toward I need to go find a coach I need to go get a skill that I don't currently have so that I can chase this bold gold you know what I'm saying so you didn't do some of the things that myself and and common people in general do you just didn't do it because you were chasing something bigger than that yeah and and I'm really sticky on the words and and I I do not use the word chase I I ran it down. Sure. If I'm chasing, you know, I, I I just don't see see that as as a direction. You know, I run it down. I run it down. I I, I don't use the word. I don't use the word chance. I sure. use the word opportunity. I, I'm really sticky on the words. But but yeah, you 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 nailed it. I mean, my husband and I we don't eat out a lot. We don't 
invest money at Starbucks to get a coffee. Um, there's a lot of things we don't do. There's a lot of things I don't do, but I ain't scared. I ain't scared <laughs> to invest in myself and, and and hire a coach to help me. And I'm 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 all about hiring because for me, I need skin in the game. I need skin in the game to really hold myself accountable and bring my best self. Sure. Let me ask you this. Have you ever, have you ever hired a coach? Cause I know you've hired a bunch of them and I'm, you've hired mental performance coaches. You've hired rodeo coaches. You've hired, you've hired all types of coaches. Have you ever hired one and regretted it? No, I've never regretted it. Um, I've, I've broke up with a couple. Sure. I'd get done and I'd come in the house and I'd tell Stan, well, me and so-and-so, sure. we broke up. Sure. <laughs> we broke sure. up. But, but hey, and, and, and the reason why, I outgrew them. I, and, and that's okay. No that's doubt okay. about it. You don't need someone that's, that's a gazillion miles ahead of you. You need somebody that's, that's in the process ahead of you. And, no doubt about it. And I've had some great coaches tell me, hey, when I'm not helping you anymore, let me know. Because that means you're you're ready to to step up. So yeah, I, I've hired a lot of, of, of mental performance coaches, workout coaches, business coaches, um, you technical know, coaches. I've not I've not hired as many as you, nowhere close. But I have, you know. Mm -hmm. And this happened about two years ago. Randy Jackson calls and he says, "Hey man, let's go get certified with Brian Kane." And I'm like. How much does it cost? And he said, it's about a thousand dollars. I'm like, oh no, my wife ain't going to like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I'm sitting there thinking a thousand dollars is a lot of money, you know, like, so I'm, and he's trying to talk me into it and I'm just, uh. so something happened. And I don't know, let's say, you know, we got our taxes back or we got something, you know, something showed up in the mailbox and I'm like, man, I think I'm going to do it. So I did it. Okay. I spent a thousand dollars. And today, two years later, I have grown so much from the Brian Kane certification process. You know, like we're running a mental performance group right now that meets um, every other Thursday night. Like we teach mental performance lessons to our football team. Like I don't miss that thousand dollars at all, you know, and I have gained so much and I just, I know how hard it is a lot of times for folks to go all in on a coach because I have lived that, but I've never, you know, I went through virtual training with Brian Kite and, you know, it, it costed money, but it changed my life. You know, like the R factor changed my, you know, my, not, not just my professional life, but it changed my personal life. So, you know, I wanted to hit on the coaching thing and I wanted to hit on the trading marbles philosophy because I know there are a lot of people out there that, you know, in my world that get scared or scared, as you call it, you know, when it comes to hiring. And one thing I've learned here recently is when it comes to something to make yourself better, don't be tight. You know, like if it's something that can help you grow as a human being, add value to your life, man, purchase it. You know, don't don't you know, get, get cheap on the Starbucks. Don't get cheap on yourself. You know, like, so. Well, I, I, well, and too, I mean, it's the perspective is I'm not spending money because you're, you know, it's gone. 
sure. I'm investing. And, and you know, with an investment, you expect an ROI, a return on your investment. And that return on your investment is, is your growth. And, and, and as a coach, I mean, this is, this is my perspective on it. Cause I, I do a lot of coaching myself, you know, a lot of coaches, if, if you don't have it inside of you, it's going to be really hard for you to give it. If, yeah. if I have, if, if you want an orange and I don't have any oranges, I can't give it to you. I can't yeah. give you no oranges. And so with you pouring into yourself, investing into yourself, it's an opportunity for you to give and serve others at an extremely higher level. No doubt. When, That's when, what I heard you say. No doubt. That is exactly right. Okay. Now, next thing. And, and talk about this. You know, you, we, we all have two roads to choose from. You know, like talk about the easy road versus the road that's less traveled, you know, like because I know I know that we all get to that fork in the road and we have a choice to make. You know, like what what would you say about that choice? What would you say about those two roads? Oh, man. OK. And I do. And and this is this is how I explain it. And I know Coach Jaeger says you see things in pictures. I do see things sure. in pictures when we are. OK, so. The easy road is is that six lane superhighway. It's that six lane superhighway, brightly lit, the bright lines on it, and that superhighway it is packed. It is packed with folks that are average. And what's average? Mediocre. Worst of the best. Best of the worst. But that's the easy road. That's the that's the like what BK talks about is default. That's the default road. That's the easy road. That's the road that that you always take. You're you're inside your comfort zone. Um, it's it's just uh, easy. Sure. But the road, the road, the discipline road is. I refer to it, you know, see like uh, an old wagon trail. That's what I see, and it's ruddy and it's rocky and it's got rattlesnakes crawling around. I mean, it's a rough road. It's a rough road to take. But it's a, that's the road you want to choose. And the more you get on that disciplined road, that road will become your super lane highway. And along that disciplined road, that, that road with the rocks and the ruts and the rattlesnakes, that's where your people are. That's where the people are. That And it's going to be the road less traveled. No doubt. Because it does take a while for it to, to, to become your, your new default, sure. you know, your new super highway. And if you stay on that that old rugged road long enough, you'll end up in an express lane later on. You know what I mean? Like you will you will fast track life, you know, like that's that's a fact. OK, I love that. Guardian caps are lightweight, one size fits all football helmet covers for practice. They reduce 20 to 33 percent of the impact depending on the speed and the location. Great for the repetitive subconcussive blows that add up throughout the week. Also great for body blows. Used by Clemson, Penn State, Washington, Oklahoma, 150 other colleges, and about 2,000 high schools across the country. Also protect that helmet. If your helmets are getting beat up at the end of the year, Guardian Caps can help protect that helmet investment. You know, when your mom passed away, yeah. you know, had had a conversation shortly before she passed away where... I think she said something to the fact that 
if she, you know, had it to do over with again, she would have done some things differently. How did yeah. that impact you? Well, for me, I heard, you know, she had regret. And I thought, man, I, I thought, man, that, that's super sad. I mean, and, and she's going to pass inside of the next 30 days after sure. she said that. And, and I was really taken back by that, that she did have regret. And I knew, I knew she and my dad both did the best they could do. And I thought the lesson in that is I'm going to run this down with no regret. I'm going to, I'm going to open it up and, and, and go run it down. Yeah. And, and that's what I did. So, I mean, it was a great thing. We, we didn't dive any, any deeper than that. I mean, mother relationships are complicated, right. <laughs> can be, can be. Sure. And, and, and that right there was, was a huge step for us moving in the right direction. But, okay. but yeah, I, I decided not to live with sure. regret. I, sure. that's really sad. I mean, think about it. So you're, you're going to pass, you know, you're going to pass and, and your kids knowing, you know, yes. gosh, gosh. No doubt. and that's, you know, if, if the number one takeaway from listening to this, if, if it would be that it's never too late to flip that it's never too late to, you know, be the person that says, I'm not going to live with regrets and I'm going to do things you know, I'm going to do something special tomorrow. I'm going to do something special in the future. Like, you know, you don't, there, there's not an age unless you're on your deathbed. There's not an age that you can't change and propel yourself forward in some manner. You know, like neuroplasticity tells me that my brain can take on new information until the time I die, you know? So like, it's never too late to change. It's never too late to run down your goals. I'm going to quit using the word chase, right? I'm, I'm learning. Um, but okay, let me ask you this. When you were really young, um, yes. you had this fanatical practice habits, like even at a young age, I'm talking about practicing for hours in a day. Did what, you know, was that related to your parents being outcome driven? Or was that, where did that come from? That desire to go out there and practice for two or three hours or, you know, like, where did that, where did that come from in you? Well, you read the book, you know, I struggled with OCD, obsessive right. compulsive disorder. And I really, I believe this is, you're getting a lot of my philosophy, my belief. OCD is a beautiful thing for an athlete to have, sure. have that obsession, that compulsion, um, that desire to, to get it, not until you get it right, but until you can't get it wrong. Sure. And uh, I, I think, I mean, there's a lot of videos out there of, of great professional athletes that, that talk about the obsession and the compulsion. And I had that at a very young age and, you know, it, 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 that OCD turned into a problem once it um, debilitated me to live my life. And so sure. then I went to rehab, to sure. treatment, to get help from that in my late 30s and 40s. I went twice because I ain't no quitter. Sure. Okay. And <laughs> <laughs> and then I've, I've worked through all that. But but I mean, it, it took it took those OCD. I, I, you asked as a little kid, I, I 
I loved it. I, I love the training. I love the repetition, the repetition. I, I love the over and over and over again. Sure. Um, I did. And, and I think I, my brain was wired in that way. Sure. Yeah. Okay. But no, my, my parents never said, Hey, you get out there and get your practice. They never, and they would, you know, they would contest. They, they, they wouldn't contest that. Sure. You know, it was all on me. Okay. Let's go. You're 14 years old and you decide to write down five goals. Can you discuss the five things you wrote down at 14? And at what age did you start accomplishing those 14? Because I think, you know, we both know that, you know, if you write your goals down, they are more likely to come true. I can show you right now because of Dr. Gilbert, I can pull out in my, in my money clip. I, I see it. Goals and I got them in my money clip and I keep them with me at all times because, you know, if you write them down, they're 42% more likely to come true. Right. But at 14, you wrote down five goals and I think they're absolutely awesome. And then you spent or are spending a lot of time running. I invested. You invested. invested a lot of time running those down. Um, yeah. What were those five goals that you set at 14 years old? All right. Well, number one, I was going to marry Stan Taylor. And I'll tell you, me and Stan, we did not date. Uh, I was a freshman in high school when I wrote those down. We weren't going to date because he was wild. He was <laughs> wild. And uh, he did all kinds of, I live in a little bitty town that they, they the things I've learned over the sure. years. Um, yeah. But, but, but I really thought, man, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to marry that boy someday. And uh, I, I would practice writing my name, Mrs. Stanley Taylor. I, I got him married up when I was 29. Right. And that of course was after I went through a divorce and, and all the things, but um, it circled back around and, and married him at 20 when I was 29. Hey, Yes. I got to say one of the one of the best one of the funniest <laughs> things in the book. It's funny to me. It may not be funny to you, but I know, you know, you marry a guy, um, he's probably less than. You're not real fired up about it, but you don't want to leave him because you feel like it's, you know, not the right thing to do. Well, you get a phone call from somebody that says he ain't coming back. And you're like, well, thank God. <laughs> like, okay, good. And then you proceed with your life. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, it, it, that 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 was some divine intervention right there. That that made that was a line in the sand. That was something I could not I sure. could not tolerate that knowing which that probably wasn't the first time, sure. you know, in hindsight, but knowing that 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 he had cheated on me, you know, the first one. Sure. And yeah, yeah, I got the call. He's not coming back. Hung up, you know, said, good. You know, I'm happy for you. Good. I'm happy for you. And hung the phone up. They call back. This is like three o'clock in the morning, probably after the bars have closed. Right. And so I just take the phone off the hook. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a blessing was a in fine. disguise. Oh man. Yeah. And it, and I ran with that. Sure. I ran. Then that and I learned you, so much. And I sure. learned so much. You, you learned so much. And it also led you back to goal number one. 
Oh, dang right. <laughs> dang right. So, so me and Stan, we, we married. I, yes. I was 29. And and then um, my second goal was I wanted to be a world champion, um, WPRA. Back then it was GRA, a different association, but, a, a, you know, the Women's Professional Rodeo Association, world champion, tie down, calf roper. And uh, I got that accomplished when I was 52. So, and that's 38 years later. Sure. And um, I, I also wanted to be a coach. You know, that was something I wrote down. I wanted to be a coach because at that point I had worked with some amazing coaches. Um, one particular, um, Kelly, Kelly Tierney, it's um, at, at back at that time. I thought, man, I just love that lady, the way she made me feel and, um, and, and the progression I made. And, and, and I became a mental performance coach at 53. Wow. And then I wanted to write a book and I wasn't really sure what kind of book I wanted to write, but I had read a book at 14 from Jennifer Haynes. And it was a, it was a, a rodeo type book. She was a, a champion in her own right in the goat tine and the breakaway roping. And, um, at 54, I got my book published, um, at 54. And the fifth one was I wanted to compete at the national finals rodeo. And now it's at La, in Las Vegas. And that is the only one that I have not accomplished. And I'm working towards that. Um, you know, why would I not? Why would I not pursue the fifth thing I wrote down when all the other four of them I've, I've completed? Why would I not pursue the fifth one? And so I'm training. Um, I, I have a trainer, uh, like a, a conditioning trainer, nutritionist. I have, you know, I'm working with I'm still continuing to work with Troy Pruitt and, and Larry D and um, yeah. I, I, I've set a, I've set a, you know, I've set a timeline on it. However, you know, I can't control that, but I have things I'm working towards and I truly believe I will be there. And I'm pretty, pretty fired up about it. Cause I'll probably be the oldest one in the breakaway event. Right. Um, and uh, well, it's I'm fired uh, up for you. It gets me up in the morning. I tell you what, when you got a goal, it it gets you up in the morning. I wake up thinking about it throughout my day. I think about it. I go to bed thinking about it. Well, you know what? I think it's fantastic. Like, I think the fact that you wrote those goals down at 14 and you, you know, started running them down, you know, is absolutely amazing. I want to go to next. And we've talked about some of this, but, you know, Along from 14 till the time you marry Stan, right? At 29, yeah. 15 years later, you yeah. know, the world championship at 52, to be a coach at 53, to write a book at 54, you probably had your fair share of adversity. Like you went through, you know, obviously the divorce, right? Early on, mm-hmm. through the eating disorders, you go mm-hmm. through the OCD issues, you know, like you go through rotator cuff issues, like you just have a ton of adversity, you know, like what did you, you know, I, I know this at 27 years old, because in your book, you say at 27 years old, you were unemployed in a bad marriage and binge eating. You know, and you, I mean, obviously you had these goals written down, you know, like, how do you, how do you overcome and keep striving for those goals 
when you go through so much adversity because you went through a ton. Well, I, I appreciate you acknowledging all of that. And and I'll tell you, I you read the book. I mean, I, I do stop. I do take breaks. Um, I get stuck. I stall out. Hell, I quit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, it, it wasn't a continuous, it wasn't a continuous, you know, working hard that whole 38 years. There was a lot of stuff that hit <laughs> the fan. And um uh, you know, I, I just always had that that dream, that desire, that fire in my heart. It kept it kept sparking, it kept lighting back up, and uh, it just never went away. And when it would light back up, I will I would always think, man, I, I know I can do it. I I know I can do it. But it it wasn't. It was messy, Coach. I, I mean, really, really messy. Okay, there's another there's another section in the book. At 39, you know, you you say to yourself, "Man, I'm a lousy mom. I'm a lousy wife. I'm lousy at my job. You know, if I die, I die." You know, like, I mean, I know the up the ups and the downs were were extreme. You know, but you manage to always come back to that dream. You know, through the adversity, you manage to come back. Now, there's also a portion in the book where you say everything changed when you had a child. And at some point in time around that, you either sought out or a doctor recommended a counselor, you know, and that seemed to me to be a point where things started to turn you know, in a more positive direction. Is that true? Is that an accurate description? Yeah. Heck yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is like, we, we've talked about the parents, right? I mean, earlier on. And at that point I thought I'm being just like my mom. I'm yeah. being, my mom was eating disordered OCD, yeah. um, very, very controlling all the things and having Hunter, my first, my first son, I'm like, man, I'm going to do better by him. And I'm going to break the cycle. And Hunter was the spark for me to break that cycle. Wow. And um, I did work with Julie. Julie and I are still great friends. Um, we we in contact with each other um, still. And uh, and I remember, I mean, I remember the first meeting sitting there with her. She is really trying to kind of lay this out what the fi what the family dynamics were with me with me, my mom and my dad. And I left that that meeting with her really mad. I thought, that's not true. That's not right. I mean, in a way, a little brainwashed that things were normal. Like this is and and she shed light on it that, hey, the dynamics of your family, that's not healthy that's not normal and i kept going back to her because i ain't no quitter sure. and we we figured it out we we figured it out but not without going to rehab twice without things hitting rock bottom but thank i mean just thank god for for julie and uh and and i'm very very proud for myself that that i made the decision you know, to, to, to break the cycle, whether you call it generational curses or whatever you deal, 
I wasn't going to do like my parents did. I was going to do better. Right. Let me ask you this. What would you say to somebody that, you know, is listening to this and they're struggling with something in life, whether it is, you know, OCD or whether it is binge eating or whether it is just some form of mental issue, you know, what would you, what would you tell that person to do? Well, for me, it was about owning it. And for me, it was about making a decision that I wanted better for myself. Right. And for me, it was asking for help. So it was kind of all three of those. I mean, owning it, like, like owning it. Sure. Making a decision. I'm going to get better from it. And then reaching out and asking for help and asking for help in my family that that was weakness yes so that was a big deal for me to go see julie a big big deal for me to go see julie because asking for help that was a sign of weakness if you or your family couldn't figure it out then you didn't figure it out yeah. you know that and, was, uh, and i i was hoping i knew you were going to say that because what i you know what did i what i wanted to get across was you know it's okay to seek help it's up because you know in my household growing up it would have been the same thing like that would have been something that we ain't telling nobody that and we're not doing that like we can overcome anything like we're not you know and that's you know there there are people in this world that are out there to help you you know and you need to seek you know, the help that can help you because you only get one chance in this realm of life. And if there's somebody out there that has a skill that can help you be more productive and happy in your life, you know, you need to seek it out and and don't be, you know, like boneheaded and think that that's a weakness because that's not, that's not a weakness, you know, not at all. I think, I think our strength is in our vulnerability. Mm. And, and I know my brother would still be here had he reached out and asked for help and you read the book i mean my brother committed suicide and uh you know if he he was in the deal that asking for help you know that's a weakness i truly was the black sheep for going and getting help and I, i really think our strength lies in our vulnerability and it's it's when you are vulnerable and you ask for help I mean, all of those things, that's, that's being courageous. Sure. Where was, you know, your, your brother uh, committing suicide, where was that in relation to you getting, had you already gotten help or not yet gotten help when that happened? Yeah, I I had been to, I had been to rehab two times. I was, I was, I was well I was well past my recovery. There was no way I was going to slip back, relapse back. Um, actually, actually, my brother passed in 2012. And in 2011, I signed a contract with myself. And that was like, uh, no matter what, no matter what, whatever happens, I'm not going to quit. Because I, I had really fallen into a, a, a cycle of when things got hard, I would, I would quit. I would stop. And I call it start, stop, start, stop. And, and 
I went to a bull riding school with my kid, Hunter, my oldest, and he wanted to ride bulls. And I'm like, oh, geez, you know, this is, it's not when, you know, it's, it's, it's not if you get hurt, it's when you get hurt. And so we went to this school with Lyle Sankey and I was all about Lyle. I had note about him. I had followed him, you know, on different things. And I'm like, okay, we'll do it, but we're going to Lyle's school. And so we drove to Kansas, Rose Hill, Kansas, went to this school and gosh, within the first 20 minutes, Lyle's asking all the guys there, you know, does anybody here know the definition of insanity? And I'm sitting off to the side. I'm writing notes. I'm ty- I'm writing down whatever he spits out. I'm writing it down because I know my kid ain't going to take no notes. And so I'm taking notes. And he's like, does anybody here know the definition of exan- insanity? It's 2011. I never heard of that before. And nobody raises their hand. He says insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. And as I write it down, I'm like, well, heck, that's me. You know, I really, really, really want to run down this this world championship, but I'm showing up the same way. Things get a little hard. I quit. I stop. Um, you know, I'm not, not training any different. I, I'm not doing anything different. And so, you know, I was like, oh, how am I going to, how am I going to get off this insanity loop? And I decided, well, I'm going to sign a contract with myself. So I drop a contract and it's, it is a rock solid contract. No matter what happens, I'm not going to quit for three years. And so that's how I live my life for the next three years. And the next three years was just a crazy amount of adversity. I mean, talk about having the opportunity to pass the test. Um, I, uh, well, my, my, my brother committed suicide. Okay. My mom died the next year. I did re-tear my rotator cuff. My good horse died. I mean, little horse Todd died. I mean, there's four things right there inside of a super short period of time that had I not had that, I I like to use the line drawn in the sand analogy. Had I not had that sign my name on the contract, um, I would have, I would have stopped. I would have quit that. I would have been an excuse. And I kept, even if it was just a snail pace, I kept moving forward. And uh, I didn't attain that goal in three years. I, I re-signed up for a couple of negotiated. I re I renegotiated it two other times, a year at a time. And then I finally accomplished it five years later in well, 2016. I think the uh, three-year contract is awesome. I think it's, you know, it, it holds you responsible. What, what was in your three-year contract? Like what, what were the, what were the non-negotiables that you put in there? Oh man, it was, it, I have it. I don't have it in front of me, but it, it was a, it was a, no matter what it was, it was sacred. I mean, this is the mindset of it. It was sacred. It was, it was a, no matter what, um, I will not quit over a three-year period. I mean, that was the gist of it. And then I had different things that I would, that I would work on. Um, and, and the whole thing of, of it was, to to keep getting better keep getting better keep taking the next step forward and i had the clause at the bottom you know should i should i not want to renegotiate the contract 
in, in, in three years, that's fine. I can renegotiate the contract after three years. Um, I may win the world in three years. I may not. Um, it was, it, it changed my life. And I just picked the three years out of the air. I, I had no idea, but, but there is value in, 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 um, what am I trying to say, coach? In the time frame. Yeah, that to have that three three to five is 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 what the research shows. No doubt. To to commit fully for three to five years, there is science based research on there that that's valuable because it gives you that opportunity to fail, make mistakes. It gives you that opportunity to have a lot of successes, and it just it it propels you. All right, tell me if this sounds familiar because I wrote this down because I just absolutely loved the three-year contract. Like I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make my own three-year contract. And I know there's a copy of the contract on your website, which we're going to get to in a second. Okay. But your website's fantastic, by the way. Um, a couple of the things that were in the three-year contract, I think, was get addicted to positivity. Yeah. Ask for help. Yeah. Get outside my comfort zone. Yeah. And then there was a couple of things added eventually, like eliminate the word try. Why would we eliminate the word try? It's because it's like Yoda, you know, the empire strikes back, do or do not. There is no try. Try is my philosophy is when I say the word try, it means I'm going to have fake it. I'm going to i am if i say i'm gonna try sure. and it's like well you know oh i didn't get it done well i tried, I tried. <laughs> you know i tried but hey either you either do it or you don't do it you either win the game or you don't win the game you don't try to win the game you do it or you don't do it and you know what if you don't do it you're gonna do it again that's right yeah I'm with you i'm with you try is not a real word like it shouldn't even be in the webster dictionary like either do or do not. Like I don't. I've I've said that before, and I know people have looked at me crazy, but you yeah, know, take, get not. your exacto knife and and cut the word try out of your dictionary. Amen. Get, get your exacto knife and cut the word spend out of your dictionary. Get your exacto knife and and cut out the word um, chance. There's just so many words that are not helpful. I'll tell you when I rebuilt my vocabulary it changed so much for me. And what it changed first for me is what Dr. Gilbert's talking about right now. It changed my core beliefs. It, it, it started the rewire of my brain. The word choice for me was so incredibly important. Sure. Well, there was a couple more things that I know you added, you know, execute three steps of performance, which is develop awareness, develop strategies and take massive action. Mm -hmm. And there was develop an elite inner circle. Tell me about that because I'm big with, I'm big with birds of a feather flock together. Like I'm big with the inner circle thing. Like I know how important that is. Tell me about that. What, how important that is to you? Man, that's incredibly important. And, and because that, that elite inner circle they are in it to win it with you, whether you're running the table at the time or not. They're going to stick in there with you. They're going to cheer you on. They're going to kick your butt. 
They're going to put their arm around you. I mean, they are in it with you. They, they want you to succeed. And that elite inner circle, they've already done what you're running down. And you know the you know the phrase, success leaves clues. And um, it, it, it just changed everything for me. It, it really did. And it, it took a while to build it. It really did. And before I really had the elite inner circle, like I had it like really deep, I considered the authors I were reading part of my elite inner circle. Sure. I, I considered um, Eric Thomas. I'm never going to meet Eric Thomas. I considered Earl Nightingale. I'm there, you know, he's, you know, I, I, Brene Brown, no you doubt. know, I, I really considered them as part of my elite inner circle, along with, you know, getting to work with Troy Pruitt and then, you know, bringing Larry D in and, um, and, and, and my coaches, I, I mean, the coaches that I get to work with, they are part of my elite inner circle and not everyone in your elite inner circle can be everything to you. Sure. So it's, it's, it's having a, you know, um, a nice array, you know, a, a nice, uh, I mean, they all do different. They they sure. all do different things. They, they all, all can add different value yeah. in different arenas, and that's you know one thing that we have in common that you you know you probably don't know, but I will go get in my vehicle and drive a long way to have a conversation with somebody that I believe can add value to my life or my career or my you know, and I think it's fair to say you have spent thousands of miles going in search of coaches and people, you know, that would help you. Let me ask you this. When was the first time, do you remember, you know, like when did you get into the success hotline? Oh yeah. That was 2016. Okay. Um, because Brian Kane told me about Dr. Gilbert and Is that uh, when you hired Brian Kane. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, um, in, uh, June of, of 2016. Yeah. And, and that, that evolved from, I, I went to Guthrie, Oklahoma to the lazy E it's a, it's a big facility there. We had a, a great roping, a great competition there. And man, I did great. I kicked butt and man, things just really coming together and, and my little horse is working great. And I'm driving home from Guthrie to Wyoming. You know, it's it takes me 15, 16 hours to get home. And I'm like, all right, what else? What else? Instead of like resting on those laurels, sure. like, like I'm bad cat. It's like, okay, that was good. What else? What else could I do? How else can I close the gap from where I am to where I want to go? And I'm thinking and I'm thinking and I'm like, you know, I mean, I'm having this. It's only me in the truck, coach. And I'm thinking, you know, if I had a mental performance coach, whew, I think that would be awesome. And so I get on the Internet and uh, I find Brian and I reach out. He reaches back and inside of 24 hours and, and you know the value of, of making those those decisive decisions quickly. Um I'm working with him wow. and, and it was amazing and, and awesome. But that's when I first became, you know, aware of Dr. Gilbert 
And then in 2018, I go to Montclair State and I'm sitting in Dr. Gilbert's classroom and taking a graduate course with him. And that was, I mean, that catapulted me. You know what? That's the one thing of all the things you've done, you know, like I'm I'm not really envious of the calf roping because I'm too big to calf rope anyway. The one thing that I'm most envious of is you took a month off and went to Montclair State. I think stayed in a hotel. I did. For the duration and went to his uh, class, which like I have not met Dr. Gilbert yet other than Zoom and he has been outstanding to me. I probably started calling about around the same time you did. Um, I ran into the thought through Randy Jackson, who had hired Brian Kane, and Randy Jackson put me onto it. So, you know, it was about that time that I started calling. And man, I'm such a fan. Like, one of my goals is I want to go sit in on a class. Like, I just, I've sat in on a lot of, as you have, a lot of virtual classes, but I think he is one of the most outstanding human beings in the world and to this day if i have a speech next week he'll spend an hour or two with me on saturday coaching me up on how to start it how to deliver it how to bring it home you know which is absolutely amazing so you know the trip you had where you spent you know the the month there and went to class that's the most thing that i'm most envious about with you how great was that Oh man, it was awesome. And I pro I know, I know I didn't book my plane ticket or or seal the deal with the with the holiday inn until like two days before I had to leave because man, I was teetering. I don't sure. know. I was scared. I mean, New Jersey is scary sure. and in my mind at that time. And and Dr. Gilbert. He's like, I'll take care of you. I'll get you where you need to get. Like very like, just, just come. It's going to be good. And, and my husband's like, just go. And so I booked the plane, I get the hotel and it wasn't scary at all. It was awesome. The people there were just beautiful. And the, the, I call them kids, you know, the, the, the other students in the class, they were amazing. Um, he had kids, he had students there from Dartmouth and Yale. Wow. Yeah. Taking his course. Yeah. For anybody listening that don't know, Dr. Gilbert is a sports psychologist at Montclair State. He runs the success hotline, has run it for 32 years and never missed a day. He is a phenomenal human. So if you are not calling the success hotline, you need to start calling the success hotline today because it's a it's a three minute daily ritual that can change your life. You know, like some of you know, like and I can I don't know if you can I can name several of my favorites like that just stick out in my head. The Valentine's Day, um, the guy delivering the roses and gives it to the young man. One of my all time favorites. Um he tells a story about the lion being the king of the jungle and the eyes in front like to hunt. That one just is my all-time favorite because 
you know, I, I, I could use that with our team, you know, but there are so many great ones. Do you have a great one that sticks out in your mind? Well, yeah, because he, my little horse's name is Chester. And he tells, he, he, he tells the one about Chester. And uh, I think it's, it, I know what it's, it's titled Chester's Secret. And uh, he, he talks about process over outcome and how Chester, the horse, my horse, is the world champion. And when he backs into the box to compete, Chester isn't focused on the outcome, the prize, the championship. Chester's focused on process. He's focused on process, not outcome. And I love that one. I, I like will like highlight that link. And that's something I will send uh, to my clients when we get to to that point. So yeah, I'm 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 a little partial on that one. That's awesome. All right. Well, let me ask you this because I want to, you know, honor your time. We've been going about an hour and I, I feel like I could do this all night long, to be honest with you. I but, love talking to you, <laughs> You are adding value to my life. But this is something that needs to be said. I believe in my life, um, you know, other than accepting Christ, that your spouse is the second most important decision in your life. If that person doesn't support you, life can be a challenge. And talk to me about the support you have gotten from your husband, because I know that it's been impactful. Yeah, I mean, I've I've hit the the lottery in in spouses. Um, Stan's amazing. Uh, little background: he doesn't rodeo, he doesn't ride, he he doesn't do anything. I I, I like running down this rodeo stuff. That's not in his wheelhouse. Um, but he has cheered me on and supported me and helped me. However, Stan, like I've mentioned, he loves to hunt. And he has he has worked really hard to get over to Africa to do different things to hunt in Alaska. Just he loves to hunt. Um, he has he has worked very hard to run down sure. his bull goals. And we support each other. We cheer each other on, and it it has been incredibly helpful. And one thing about me and Stan's relationship is we don't live the tit for tat. If you know what I mean, it's not, oh, you got to do this. Now I'm going to do this or you're going to do this. How am I going to do that? I mean, it's a season and it's not balanced. I get asked a lot. Well, how did you balance that, Donnie? How did you balance running down a world title with a family two kids in school? You know, how did you balance it? And usually I will chuckle because I say it's not a balancing game. There is no balance, but what it is, is harmony. And it's, it's a give and a take. And when I'm gone, Stan's picking up all my slack. And when he's gone, I'm picking up his slack and it's a harmony and it's a trust and it's a respect. And it's, 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 it is a love story. It is. Well, I was sitting there thinking, if I walk in tomorrow and I tell my wife, Stephanie, hey, look, I'm going to move up to Montclair State for a month. I don't know what she's going to say, but I have a feeling 
it's not going to be, well, go ahead, honey. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. But I think that's absolutely awesome, you know, that you both have been, you know, supportive of each other's dreams, you know, and allowed each other to chase them down. I think that's absolutely huge. Run them down, okay? You got it. I got to get the run it part, man. Like, I got it. But, okay, let me ask you this. If, if we have people that want to learn more or people that, you know, like you can hire Donine to be your coach, you know, like she's a, she's an acting mental performance coach, you know, who has, is working with a lot of people and doing a lot of things. If they want to learn more about you, where can they go to get more information? Well, I appreciate, wow. I appreciate that. You know, I have a website and it's, it's my name, Donine Taylor dot com and linked to it is my social media stuff if you want to see what i'm posting i post a lot throughout the week everything is attached to my name my facebook my instagram but those posts are are, are attached to my donningtaylor.com website and there's contact form there um, if you're interested in a workshop or one-on-one -on -one, or my books are are on that um Thanks, coach. I, well, I I've, spent, I've spent um a good amount of time on your website, donatetaylor.com. There's a lot of great information on there, and there's a lot of free information. I mean, there's a lot of stories, there's a lot of, you know, there's just a lot of great stuff. And you can get to the book, you know. Please buy the book, Heart of a Champion. I promise you, you will not regret that because there are a lot of people listening to this that think, you know, like there may be some limitations on your life or there may be, you know, I'm 52 years old and the thought of retirement, like, I don't know where this came from. Okay. But in my profession, you know, people say you get 25 years in and you retire. I don't even know what that means. Like, I don't understand retirement, you know, like I, I want to make a difference in this world I want to add value. I want to coach football. I want to be in the mental performance world. Like what, what does retirement mean to you? Death. <laughs> I love it. That's my thought. Like, I don't understand that. Like, I don't, when are you going to retire coach? Like, I guess when I die, like that's when I'll retire. Like, I don't understand that question. Like, and I get it all the time because I retired from the state of Mississippi, moved to Missouri and started over. But like, I'm man, I'm 52 at 52. You became the world champion in calf roping. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I'm supposed to retire at 52. Like, I don't get that. Like, I don't I don't understand. So I'm glad you said that, you know, like, but, you know, that's just a thought that I had. Like retirement, you know, is not is not real. Yeah. And, and I, and I think setting, oh, I think I know for, for me, <laughs> setting the goals, working towards something. Uh, you talked about the neural plasticity in, in our brains. I mean, that is what keeps us young oh and goodness. right. I mean, yeah. that is what, that's what keeps us, that's what keeps us firing is it are those, and I call them bold goals. You know, the things that those goals, the bold goals, just scare the stuffings out sure. of you. And, sure. but, but it's in the process of running them down that you become someone you've never known before. It, it grows you. 
and and you can become somebody like that tomorrow. Like you can start becoming. We are becoming. We're never we've never arrived. We are becoming every single day. And you know, I want if you're listening to this, I want you to believe that you can become whatever in this world you know, that you would like to become like you can dream big and you can chase run after that dream, you know, and it's never too late, you know? So I would, I would say that if there's anybody out there, please get the book, get on her website. And I will add all of this stuff to the show link where you can actually go on there and click on it to get to her website, to get to her books. Um, or if you would like to be coached, if you'd like to reach out to her and have a conversation you know, you're, you'll, you'll be able to do all of that through her website. So, you know, it has been an honor. Is there any, my last question I always like to end with um, before I let you go is what, what makes you happy? Gratitude. Being grateful. Being grateful. And I, and I, and I, I address that in, in the book, sure. you know, um, at the end, you know, I, I really had it messed up for a really long time. I, I thought when I won the world, you know, I, I would be happy. That's one of the one of the things I, I write about. And and, you know, happy, ha happy for me. The quickest way to get there is to be grateful, Amen. you know, and uh, yeah, heck, I, I thought I wouldn't have no problems. I thought, man, when I win the world, I ain't going to have no problems. Hey, it, it, the problems are a blessing because inside the problems, I mean, that's where the growth is. And, uh, you know, after I won the world, you know, I, I decided to to write that book and I had a whole new set of opportunities to look for solutions. Sure. You know, you call it whatever you want to call it. I thought I'd be the best. I thought, man, when I win the world, I'm going to be the best. Sure. You know, I wasn't the best. I was I was good. Right. I mean, there's always somebody better out yeah. there. Well, I heard Urban Meyer say, he said he told his dad after they won the first national championship at Florida that this is the greatest night of my life and everything's going to be perfect from here <laughs> because I won the national championship. Ooh, and he woke up the next day miserable. You know, like it lasted for about an hour. It lasted through a sleep, you know, like that's, you know, being grateful can change your life, you know. And the one thing that, you know, I run across several years ago with the in the mental performance world was you can't be grateful and hateful at the same time. So, you know, when you have things that may not be going your way, if you will stop your thought processes and start saying some things that you're grateful for, it can change your mindset. You know, like gratefulness changes your mindset. It gives you a new outlook um, on life. No doubt about it. Yeah, you, you nailed it. You nailed it. And and adversity and struggles and, and, and mistakes and challenges, those things are built into the process. For a really long time, I thought something was wrong when things didn't go the way I thought they should be going. Sure. And, and it's like, man, that's when those things happen, they're happening for you. It's a, it's a great thing. when, when you have, Yeah. You know, and it's a mindset. No doubt about it. And it is the, it is one of the most freeing mindsets that an individual can have 
you know, to be grateful for the good and the bad, because how many, how many things in your life, how many bad things in your life, you know, now would you go back and change, you know, like you went through that and it propelled you forward, you know, like the adversity propels us. The, the adversity is, you know, our first opportunity to learn and grow from it, you know, without adversity, we're not, we're not going to grow. I, I heard this the other day. You take a bow and arrow, you know, like for an arrow to work correctly, stress has to be applied to the arrow. You're like it has to, like, it's not going to work without stress. Now, at the same time, that stress has to release, you know, for that arrow to work correctly as well. Like stress and adversity is part of the, it's part of the equation, you know, like you're no, I mean, Abraham Lincoln, right? He probably had as much adversity as you had, you know, like he had his fair share, you know, like, but he's often thought of as the greatest president that we've had, you know? So, you know, adversity is part of it. Let me ask you this. Love that. One more. And I promise. Okay. I'm gonna shut up no, no, you're good. You're good, um, coach. What has the mental performance world done for you, you know, and what value has that added, you know, to your sport? But also, I know it's not just helped your sport. It's helped you personally, professionally. Like, what has what is the mental performance world, how has that helped you? Wow. It's, well, I mean, this is, this is, I, I'm going to answer, I'm going to answer a little bit like this. So, so like when I get to go do a workshop and, uh, and I'll tell Stan, you know, my husband and be like, man, I can't wait to tell him about this and this, you know, tell him about how I got confident, you know, tell him how I got off the emotional roller coaster. Man, I just can't wait to like share all that because I'm telling Stan, because I know how much it made my life so much better, Stan. And Stan's like, Donnie, when you got your mental performance together, it made all our lives better. Um, it, it just did. And and I wasn't like coaching Stan, like, hey, this is how we're doing this. This is how we're doing. It just osmosis. He just saw sure. me do it. And sure. I, I know I know he'll come home from work and and he'll say, I used my mindfulness today. <laughs> and that wasn't that word wasn't even in our vocabulary, sure. you know, before I started on my journey. And uh, it, it just it, it has just spilled over into everything. I mean, confidence, focus, controlling the controllables, focusing on what I want to have happen. Um, focus on process over outcome, learning how to get my mind body chemistry to work for me, yep. um, developing, developing that bounce back up ability, developing that anti-fragility, mm-hmm. um, developing daily routines right. of excellence. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's just so much coaching and, and, you know, sure. um, and, and it's performance. Right now, you're performing, I'm performing. When you step off and, and you go talk to, to Stephanie, you're performing. When I go sit down and talk, sure. to, I'm performing. We're always performing. Sure. Well, the skills, you know, what I learned is confidence is a skill. Intensity management is a skill. 
You know, emotional management is a skill. Focus is a skill. Well, how does any skill get better? You know, is by practicing and by training the skill. So what mental performance did was not only did it allow us a way to better coach our kids in the sport of football, but it also allowed us to use those same skills in this house with Stephanie, with my kids, with my grandkid, like, you know, like those skills aren't just sports related. And that's where I wish high schools in general would go to having, you know, a mental performance coach on staff, you know, because it's not like these kids that we're teaching today, man, it's not just helping them in football. It's helping them learn how to handle adversity down the road. You know, like we're training skills that can be with them forever, you know, and that's, that to me is what mental performance has done for me. It has allowed me to gain new skills and, you know, be able to be the best that I can be. Now, I still struggle, right? I mean, none of us are perfect. You know, we're going to have tough days and we're going to, you know, like, gosh, and I don't, in no world do I ever profess to be not normal because normal people struggle from time to time, but I don't struggle as long. I have the skills to get out of it much quicker, you know, than had I not been trained uh, mentally. And I think in 2023, man, I think there's a lot of people struggling mentally, you know, like I think coming out of COVID, you know, what we found was it's not just kids that need mental performance training. It's the adults too. It's the people in the workforce. Like, you know, there's a lot of people that struggle you know, with this six inches between their ears and having the skills to deal with that is is uh, vitally important. And I know it's helped you and it's helped me tremendously. Oh, man, that was great, Coach. I, I loved you sharing all of that. Well, Donine, I appreciate you taking the time. I appreciate, you know, like I hate I didn't get to see Chester in the background um, as I have before on some of the Zooms. Um with Dr. Gilbert, but I surely appreciate you taking the time. I know for a fact there's going to be um, more Doneen Taylor fans in the world when this comes out, and I'm going to try to lead them to your website, to your book, because it's truly made a difference with me. Like, it, there are things in that book that, you know, that just hit me where I needed to be hit, and you know, I'm very grateful that I had the opportunity to read it. I'm very grateful that I had the opportunity to uh, talk to you, you know, and hopefully we can do this again one day um, because I, I'm telling you, I got four pages of notes that I didn't get to. But, you know, we both um, we we both our mental performance um, mastery has taught us the value of sleep. I do know. And getting those eight hours are extremely important, you know, so I'm very grateful and I'm very thankful for you. Well, I'm I'm just delighted to be on here and and you are a just a joy to hang out with and uh I I really hope we can continue to build 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 this friendship and sure. yeah I, I appreciate you coach gosh and and congrats on your whole football season y'all are like just winning I Good mean trying. winning winning the moments you know winning the moment. mean, that's important. Yeah. That's yeah. about the only thing we can do is win the moment. Um, well, I appreciate everybody that's been on. I appreciate Donine. I appreciate everybody 
um, listening. And as always, if there's anything that I can ever help you with, reach out to me personally. Um, I do. I'm grateful for everybody that listens. Until next time, adios amigos.